I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today we're talking about... A star is born times three. <laughs> times three. Times three. So we took it upon ourselves to watch all the all these stars borns except for the very first one. Which there's been like a million. There's probably there's a Bollywood version. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there are four um that are made in America. The first one was in um nineteen thirty seven and the lead was Janet Gaynor opposite Frederick March. And then we, so we didn't watch that one. No. 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 But we did watch the 1954 version with Judy Garland. And who was she uh, opposed against? Uh, James Mason. Jason Mason? James Mason. I have the page page open, so why am I trying to guess? James Um, Mason. James Mason. And then we also watched the 1976 version with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. And then the most recent version with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yes. So we've got a jam-packed podcast for you today. Um, This was crazy. I mean, watching the same movie three times was insane. But they were all, like, yes, a lot of them have a lot of similarities, but they were also very different. Oh, yes. Like, they had, I, either it was, like, very little stuff. I just think that, I was so excited to talk about this specifically just because I feel like we're dealing with three very major, like, music stars mm-hmm. in in ev- in different decades. decades completely. Like, like, just super super prominent important yeah people yeah and i think this is just amazing it really is so i'm really excited <laughs> yeah i i don't even it's really hard to know where to start because every single star has the most amazing stuff going on in this movie so we could we could just start maybe with i made this uh, little chart to compare them Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of helps just for random stuff. That's a little bit fun. Maybe it could help us talk about other stuff in the in the yeah. Movies. Maybe spark some some new subjects if we because we seem to be going flat. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just like to say that if you have not seen the most recent Stars Born, you definitely should see it. Please don't listen to this podcast if you have not seen the Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper version. Yeah. Um, the other ones, I mean, I feel like we're not going to spoil them or anything. Because this story is has been told over and over again. I mean, once you've seen the Lady Gaga one, if you've seen it, you know how the other stories go. They're just kind of told slightly differently. Yeah, but, there's but in the aspect, end, everything. The it, there's the same bullet points in every single movie. Yes, of the plot points. Yes. So it's basically like um, aging star is going downhill. What and he finds. Um, he finds someone a beautiful who, singer yeah, who he truly thinks is talented yeah. and deserves a chance, and introduces her to the right people, 
and then she becomes a star while he quickly gets worse and worse and eventually kills himself in some way. And then she does a kind of reprieve in the end. Yeah. And that's every single story. Yes. Those are the main bullet points. They also get married. Yes. They do. They do fall in love. They fall in love and get married. So they really are in love. There's no children involved, though. No. Except for a dog. Except for a dog, which could be considered a child. Yes. Yes. So uh, I made this funny chart, and Emily thinks it's, it's Emily thinks it's funny that um, I. So we're just gonna try and and uh, give these awards out to all the uh, stars born. Oh. And the award for biggest nose, uh, oh. because I know Emily thinks that's that that's kind of mean. But they mention the nose in the 1954 Judy Garland version, and also in the 2018 version, which is a major point of the movie. And the way Lady Gaga, like, puts her finger on the top of her nose and brushes it down because that's what he does. And even in the Judy Garland one where, I mean, they I put think, something I, I on top of her nose. I think her nose was too curved, so they were trying to straighten it. Yeah, that's I right. I think. Yeah. They were because Judy something. Garland has a beautiful nose. She's gorgeous. She's a beautiful, She was beautiful getting woman. a lot older in this movie. And you oh, could, she this you was could definitely... See yeah. her, you could see the abuse that the, this studio has, has put on her because she looked like she was getting older, even though she was, like, in her 30s. Yeah, she looked very tired she looked and like she'd been in the business a long time. A long time, even though, you know, she died so young because yeah. she was on so many drugs. And, and you could really see that it was aging her, which yeah. is how, really how sad. How late in her career? Like, I mean, how, like what? How old was she when she did this, this yeah. movie? I mean, it's just compared to the way she looked when she was a young girl in, um, in The Wizard of Oz, it's, it's completely different, you know? She oh, was... Yeah. So this movie came out in um 54, so she was 32 years old. Yeah. And honestly, she looked like she was 45. Like I swear to god. Yeah, she, like, yeah, she looked That's how that's yeah. how bad she I mean, it's not like she looked bad in this movie. She still looked young, but the thing is like you could really tell that it was like starting to like her cheeks were starting to sag a little bit because you know, this is like she was under so much stress. And stuff like that as a as an actual person, and she died when she was forty seven years old. Dang, I mean that is that's insane. Crazy. That's insane. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, biggest nose I would say goes to Barbara Streisand. <sighs> but I but I love I love her beautiful nose. Honestly, I love, I love it's face. not a problem. They it's just not. they don't talk about it like you were gonna say. They don't talk about it in the nineteen. At least I didn't version. catch it. I didn't because because I was waiting for that. Because in all yeah. the trailers for the Lady Gaga one, she kept saying, like, people said they always liked my my voice, but they never liked my face. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like something, something that, that would Barbara say. would totally bring up. Because she brings it up in Funny Girl. Like, that's the whole point of Funny, funny Girl, Girl is that, yeah. is yeah. that the super she talented young girl is not pretty enough to be to be in showbiz. And mm-hmm. so I thought that was, like, that was like such a, a Barbara note to, to make in a movie mm-hmm. just because, like, she's... She's always saying that you don't ha- like you don't have to have this specific face to be in showbiz as long as you're talented and as long as you're motivated and uh, and he loves her very much. So. Yeah, and as long as people like you, like it doesn't matter how you look. So I'm surprised that they didn't touch on this when it was in touched the, on yeah. in both of the other ones. You're right, you're right. Um so <clears throat> best song out of all three of the movies. What was your favorite song? My favorite song would have to be the the like the disco one that Barbara sings when she's when she's performing for the first time with her with her backup singers, yes, and it's it's like very fun and it's got a very awesome beat. Um, I think that's my favorite song. That's a really good one. I cannot remember how it goes, but I just remember really liking it when it was playing. Yeah, 
I think that my favorite one might have been in the uh, the new movie. Mm-hmm. Not the first song that they write together, but the second one that they write together. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't remember. I just remember thinking that the one where... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to like really think about it because we've listened to so many so many of them. But I I really did love all the music in the the Lady Gaga one. It was really good, except for her pop songs, obviously. I thought the songs were very good for like, and they were all so different. So it's hard for me to even pick one because yeah, they're all because different the first eras. song yeah, the first song was made in 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 a time where the, those types of songs were popular, very and show tune songs. Yes, yeah, but and, and them, it was like, definitely like a musical. Oh, which, which it where the songs was. get very extravagant in a lot of the numbers. I was very upset with that, to be honest. <laughs> I I love that. Oh stuff. my god, I was like watching the. Oh man! We're I just love gonna it. mention now because why not that the first one with Judy Garland is three fucking hours long. Okay, oh. it is so unnaturally long to did, watch. Did yours have the have the the still still pictures? Yeah, because where, where for the ones some reason cut? they didn't like film them or something, and they put in they had photos. They had filmed of them. Film. They had filmed them. Yeah, but they couldn't find them. Is that what happened? Yeah, I was reading trivia. I was reading trivia. So they have all the sound for this, but they don't have the actual films. Yeah, they didn't. They could. And so they couldn't find it. You, you basically for like in the first twenty minutes of the movie, it ha- that happens about forty minutes in. Yeah, for, you you get two small clips. You like, get a bunch of them. It's not just get, two. It's like five or six scenes. I swear to God, and it's like basically black and white photos in place of film, with people talking over them, instead of actually. I, you know, I knew it was a mistake. I knew it. I was, like, watching that, and I was like, somebody somebody lost some film, or something happened where they had to filler this area, and that's that's what happened in this movie. I was and afraid it that really the, show up again. I was afraid that the rest of the, that the rest of the movie was gonna be like that. I know, it was... I was afraid. You know, I thought it yeah, was odd. It says it right here. The film is re-edited several times, mm-hmm. premiering um, at 181 minutes. Mm-hmm. The studio, Warner Brothers... Cut the film by 30 minutes, despite the objections by director oh um, and producer, Judy Garland's husband. In 1983, all but five minutes of the cut footage was found and reinstated, but some footage had to be reconstructed using production stills. <sighs> it's all unnecessary. I don't know why the fuck they added it back in there. Yeah, the these entire scenes... scene, everything that had to do with those still scenes were all stuff about him trying to find her after he had told her that she's a star, and then she, like, went off on her own and he lost her. And so it's like, that's completely unnecessary. Well, it's basically, yeah, he's, like, trying to find her while Judy Garland's basically struggling. Yes. Because she got, like, one voiceover commercial gig, and then she was working at a as a waitress in, like, some Sonic. Or, like, Even you know, she like, said a, like she a little... wouldn't do that again, and she did it anyway. Yeah, well, because, because he had to leave, because, okay... The only reason I think that the five that this five minute reconstructed with production stills was like important was because it actually showed that that Norman did something like for the whole yeah. first forty minutes of the movie. Yeah, I was like, who is this guy? Is he a TV personality? Because yeah, it, you have it's no very, idea. It's very. It's not clear. It's very well shown in the beginning of the of the other two movies, seventy six and two thousand eighteen, that that the guy Norman is Maine. very popular for yes. a specific reason, 
And for the beginning of the 1954 one, they you didn't tell no you. Idea. You had no idea who this guy was. And he, he was apparently up, an actor. He's like a playboy. He's walking around and he's like got all these girls. He's, he's at a benefit. Drunk. He's at some benefit. Yeah, he's supposed to perform, but we don't know what. Yeah. We never see him sing. We never... You never see him act. You never see him act. So you Except have... for the production still. He was acting. Yeah. It, yeah. So you really have no idea what he's doing. Until I saw a... That poster of him that they took down instead of putting the, the Judy Garland one up instead. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when I realized he was an actor. That was the only time. That's really late. I, it was, it was <laughs> two hours into the That's movie. two hours into yeah. the movie. Yeah. Oh, my I know. Gosh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so I definitely didn't like that. I didn't like that Where at they all. didn't show you, like, because... Because, first of all, I didn't like Norman. I, no. I didn't like the first guy. I didn't like him. Either. I liked the other two a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I did not like Norman. He I definitely liked the other two. He was two. very aggressive. Yes. He Because if you think... Pushy. Um, very pushy. Very pushy very and grabby. pushy. And grabby. Yeah, very grabby. He's very touchy. We're very heated about this. And he's and he's the one who seems the most dangerous when he's drunk, even though yes. you don't see him abusing um, the liquor a lot. Yeah. And you he, don't see him drinking. You just see him no, drunk. You just see him drunk. And, and that's only like twice. Where in the other where in the other two movies they definitely like play this out and show how dangerous it is. I think that Chris Christopherson was pretty scary too. That's he, he, but he was, was more like a danger he to was himself. Reckless. Yeah. He was he reckless. He was extremely reckless. Yeah. The the other two I, you guys, know, I have I have a downfall one we could talk about. We could talk about them later. Okay. Do you, do you, well, do you want to talk about the worst? Sure. Yeah, let's just jump Okay, around. so let's just jump to this one, which is I put the worst Norm slash Maine downfall, because their names are all kind of the same. So. Yeah, they're very similar. The first guy is Norman Maine. The, the, the 2018 the, one is Jackson Maine. Mm-hmm. The 1937 one with Gaynor is Esther Victoria Blodgett is her name. That's her name in the Judy Garland and, one. And it's similar, and in the... Yeah, the Norman Maine is the guy in the in the Janet Gaynor one. And then also in the Judy Garland one. Oh, their names are exact. The Judy Garland one, she's Vicky Lester. She but changes also her name to Vicky Lester. Esther Blodgett or yes. Esther Blockett or something her, like her that. Born, her born given name was Esther Blodgett, and then they yeah. changed her name. So and to then Vicky it's also Lester. Norman Maine, as James Mason is Norman Maine. But then yes. in this the the Barbara Streisand one. It's actually Esther Hoffman. Yes. And then John Norman Howard. So they just kept the Norman part. And then in the Bradley Cooper one, it's Jackson. Jackson Maine. And Allie, what was her last name? They never gave her a last name. It's just Allie. Yeah, we don't know her last name. Because even her dad, uh, Lorenzo, we don't don't know his last name. Well, he's an Italian, clearly. Yeah. So it's probably some Italian name. Yeah. Okay, well, all right. So... So back to your thing. Worst. Yeah. So I have the worst norm slash main downfall. It's like who goes down the hardest. So this is hard, and this is why I this is now I then want to critique the 1976 version mm-hmm. because well well he he also cheats on her so that's also bad that's worse that's bad that's worse than him just being a danger to himself yeah because he's that terribly he's, reckless that he's unfaithful yeah um. So the one thing that kind of got me about the 1976 version was that you didn't... And, and same with, with the 1954 one. You don't know why these guys are drinking. Yeah. That's what I liked about the 2018 one, yes. is that we kind of got some backstory into the story. You got a lot of backstory, and you had a brother involved. And a brother. It was 
extra sad. And a father to Allie. Like, yeah. we had a lot of family members and a lot of people to kind of... We had a lot of pressure to and a lot of backstory. things together, yes. Yeah, that so that's made it... really enjoyable. And about. we had his earring, his hearing issues that yes. were killing him. Yes. That was even more of a reason why he was drinking. Yeah. So, yeah, he couldn't hear, and it was getting worse. Yeah. And so... So he was now be, because we know so much more, I wanna I I'm gonna kind of split it in between the 2018 version and the 1954 version because because I felt really bad for the guy in the 1954 version. Like people were forgetting him. Like yeah. they didn't care about him anymore, yeah, and that's why yeah, and that's why that. he was turning to drinking again because like even though he really believed and loved um, Esther mm-hmm. Esther he. He still didn't want to. He still didn't want to be forgotten. He still wanted jobs. He still wanted to work. That's true. Where in they the let 19- him out of his contract and everything. Yeah. So well, like in the sad. 1976 version, it seemed like he kind of wanted it out and then found Esther, Esther and 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 loved her. Of course, like it's, it's not like he was using her. Like they loved each other very much, but it seemed like he was kind of done being a rock star. And he kind of just wanted to live in his cabin out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and just kind of support and love Esther. Yeah. And then the 2018 one, I'm not sure if he wanted an out or... Well, he definitely wanted an out because he committed suicide. He he felt bad Because he felt also, bad ab- yeah, about just hurting like her. Just like the 1954 version, he heard... He embarrassed her. He inv- Well, they... I have, I have worst embarrassing. Oh, okay. So, but he also, like... He was going to hurt her career. Yeah. He, his, him being alive was going to hurt her career, just like in the 2018 version. And, like, the 1954 version, he overhears her talking about how she's going to quit acting and just to take care of him. And he hears that and he's like, I can never allow that. Yeah. And then in the 2018 version, it's Allie's uh, manager who says to him, you know, you're really stunting her growth here. You're yeah, making her stop. very mean. It was terrible. Very mean. And which he did not need just coming back from he, fucking He, like, rehab. single-handedly killed him. Like, honestly. Yeah. But truly, like, when you saw that conversation coming and you were like, seriously, dude, you cannot, like, get over... You... It's like... I was really pissed at Bradley Cooper for not seeing that this guy was trying to take advantage of his, like, his alcoholism and his vulnerable state, and it's fucked up that, you know, what happened in the end is that, like, Lady Gaga was like, oh, I love you so much, but I'm gonna stop the tour, and she lied to him about why she was stopping the tour, when really she was doing it because of him, and he knew that, so he, he killed himself. Yeah, so it's really hard to pick when when the 1954 version and the 2018 version are very similar in that way. They are very similar. Where both Norman, Norm slash Mains feel very guilty about what they're doing and know that when they drink, it's like hurting, it's hurting their love's career. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard to choose. They're, they're, They're both very heartbreaking. Well, also, I loved, loved how Bradley Cooper brought in elements from this 1954 version into the 2018 yes. version. I mean, I, I made a list of some of them that the fact that his name is also Maine and that he says the line twice. The first one is like, hey, I just wanted to get another look at you when he tells her to turn around. He does that in the 2018 version and then also right before he's about to kill himself, he does yeah. it as well, which yeah. makes it extra sad. Which he does too. Yeah. They both do it. Yeah. It's really great. It's, it it yeah. really adds to it. I really enjoyed the 2018 one because it just felt like a very, very prominent and very modern remake of the 1954 version. Like, I... It was it was so great. 
It was so great. It was. It was really the, great. The best one is the 2018 version by miles. Yeah, for miles. sure. Miles. For sure. I mean, I know we're like already halfway through this podcast and I've already spoiled it for you, but the 2018 one is so good. It's like it took all the best stuff from the 1954 and the 1976 and, like, made it better. Yeah, and it's so crazy how the 1954 version has an 89 Metascore and the 2018 version has an 88 Metascore. But I thought the 2018 one was slightly stronger just the because... The 54 one is a mess. I don't know what anybody's thinking that that movie is, like... Um... I still liked it, and it stamped the 2018 version. The only thing I didn't like was that I didn't feel... I didn't feel like their relationship was was the most... Like, I, I wasn't feeling it from Norman. I did not like no, James. not from James. him, but from Judy, for sure. Yes, Judy was... Judy fucking Judy... acts her ass off. She yes. is the best actress. I mean, honestly. Yes, yes. She's the best of all the women, I think, of of Barbara and of Lady Gaga. She's better oh, yeah. than both for of sure, them. For sure, for sure. Like, she is amazing. She, she acted didn't the win... shit out of that. She didn't win the fucking Oscar that year. She lost. Who won that year? I don't know, but I saw that she was nominated. Yeah, I saw that it was nominated. And she didn't fucking win. She deserved it so hard. Yeah. She just brings so much emotion to this role. I I don't even... I'm getting, like, really heated about it. She was, like, (laughs) so wonderful in this movie. You're still salty. I'm, like, salty that she didn't win, because she's, like, fucking amazing in it. Really, the only thing that was bringing down the 1954 version was that they chose James Mason as the Norman Maine. He's he's not a great actor. No. I was not... I wasn't believing... But Judy is the, the star, so all the songs that she sings, like, my favorite one of her songs is the one that she's singing in their house, where she's jumping around in her tights in the big... The where, big shirt. Yeah, where she's like showing she's him. showing him what movie that she's gonna make. And yeah. she's like doing a whole dance number on her own. And yes. he, that is an incredible That was incredible amazing. Scene. And then the scene how they proposed and how the yeah. guys like recorded them while they were talking during a rehearsal and then they played it back. Yeah. Oh, that was so cute. I will say the proposals in each one were pretty adorable. Yes, they all were so great. Wait, what's the best marriage? I think my favorite marriage is the one with Barbara Streisand. They were really cute. My their favorite re- one is the one with Barbara. Their relationship was was really well developed. Well, that's be- I have best chemistry on here, so who, who's the best chemistry of all of them? I think Barbara and Chris Christopherson. I would say that, too. Definitely Gaga and Bradley Cooper are a close second, just because... They definitely are. It's fucking James Mason. Like, he just... He wasn't making me believe them. It was all Judy, and that's... And that doesn't... It helps, but it doesn't... It doesn't help. But I loved... I loved, I felt like Barbara and Chris had such a connection because it felt like they were, it felt like they were kind of improving. It really was like a very natural, like, conversation between the two of them all the time. It just felt like this is how people who are in love talk to each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's they, what I really felt. They with have them. the little spats, and then they then they make up, and then they're just very loving towards each other. Yeah, that's why it was really. I was very almost disappointed in that movie because it seemed like they took out they took a lot of the extra the extra added elements like you know uh norm norm slash main going to rehab trying to fix himself like you kind of just saw them continue to spiral and didn't see anything become better like they got married and that's great and they had this nice moment together and then they were like honeymooning and then they got their cute little cabin together honeymooning was really fun yeah. Until he, like, started to go crazy on his bike again. But, like, the relationship 
wasn't enough to watch. They needed to have these extra added elements that I feel like they took out not for the better of the film. Yeah, you're right. Because the story the story was lacking. The relationship was yes, great and yes. the, and the chemistry and the acting was fantastic. But the build but up to him killing himself and There was no build up. There it was just, nothing. It just happened. It just happened. And it just kept, it just left you flat yeah. and just emotionless. And and then and then she sings a very long song at the end. Like yeah. it's like 15 minutes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which um, it's that's standard. That's Barbara Streisand standard. <laughs> I mean, honestly, she sings forever. Um, there's also, I think I put in the Judy Garland thing that the Swanee song that she sings about her life is literally half the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fucking so long. It's like it's like that dream sequence. It's like the dream sequence. In, in singing. It was right. completely unnecessary. <laughs> that entire song was totally unnecessary. But that's what made it feel like a 1950s, like, musical, and that's what I love. Like, I mm-hmm. I love those old-ass musicals, and, and that super long, unnecessary scene just... It really just hit me in my heartstrings, man. Yeah. I, lo- I love those. I love those she unnecessarily was, long music numbers. Basically, the whole thing was... Um, that she was, like, saying her entire life story in a song form and then was, like, accentuating it. Yeah. But it, but it was also in... It was a character that she was playing in a movie. Yes. But then, but then it also... Yes, it was. It also kind of jumped into reality and you were kind of looking in onto her life as well. So it had... It had multiple meanings, it seemed. Yeah, it definitely did. What's yeah. the next... So um, then I have um, Most Embarrassing Grammys speech and slash Oscar speech because that's what they have in the Judy Garland one. Yeah, so a staple in every movie is that there's always an award show because the the um I don't even know how the the rising star is going to win an award. Yep, she wins the award for the, basically like the top of her game. Well, yeah, Judy best, gets it for actress. Best actress yeah. and then both Barbara and Lady Gaga get it for um like best, best song, new artist or, best, or yeah. best artist or yeah. something like that. So best female artist. And then of course, um Norm slash Maine um does like a stunt and mm-hmm. it's um uh, it's a little drunk, embarrassing. Very drunk and ends up incredibly embarrassing her. Which I'm gonna have to give to Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, hundred percent. Because it was the I, I most think, embarrassing. One. I think in the '76 one, he just kind of he like, just kind of stumbles on stage and shouts that he should have won or something. Just exactly like uh, did did he do that? I, I yeah, thought he, he like kind runs of being up loud and, from the crowd. No, he runs up on stage he does go up on the and stage. then he goes like, "I should have fucking won, man!" Or for, for his like category or something. Like that. He totally upstages her. No, I don't quite remember. And then they go into the bathroom and she's really pissed at him. And then in the 1954 version, he he goes up there and basically asks for a job. Yeah. And then then that one, he's he's annoyed the fact that he had been fired and that he's totally, like, no one wants to work with him. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, he's really drunk and really pissed about that. And then the Bradley Cooper one is even sadder because he's so drunk he can't even walk and doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah. And, and he's just happy that you won. And like, he's, he's, he's just, happy, but he's... he goes up there and he's just like, what? You won? You look, you're on the screen. And it's just the yeah, he's most just delirious. embarrassing one. And, and then he pees himself. Yep. And then he pees himself. Yeah. And Lady Gaga handles it like a champ, but like honestly. Oh. And then they the the dad has to carry him into, into the bathtub and throw oh. him in the bathroom, and, and she yells like, at him. And he's like, "What do you think oh. you're doing?" And then she like lays on top of him, and it's like and like crying the shower, running and... the shower, and she's it's just she's like in her Gosh. beautiful dress, and she's in the shower with him. It's just so sad. It's really hard to watch. 
which again, I I'm, I want to kind of bring up how how they kind of handled the chaos of the popularity and the and the fans and everything and the yeah, whole the yeah. whole rock star biz in each movie where yeah yeah where once again you didn't know what what Norman Maine's job was and, and like there was never a crowd like around him. him or screaming for him yeah so you didn't you didn't really think that he was very popular like no one really cared about him the, in the 1954 version in the 1954 version so. I feel like it didn't really get crazy until Judy became popular, and then oh my god, that scene at his funeral, oh, where they're the like paparazzi is yeah. like, there she is, she's the one in the black, go get her, go get her. Yeah, and then all the fans are there saying like, Vicky, Vicky, show us a face, show us a face, and then they like pull off her veil, mm-hmm. and, very bad, and very, she, very. And she like gets mean. shocked and and terrified in these. Yeah, so, that was very bad too. And then the one in the. In the 1976, is a lot of like uh, in the very beginning. The very like, beginning, we do see like the a, groupies and the groupies and the uh, helicopter and, over his house. Oh yeah, that one too. Oh yeah, and the constant, constant swarm of paparazzi everywhere. People like trying to get into his house, getting interviews, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's just at the beginning. When she becomes popular, you don't really see that. It's kind of like not as clear to me in the 1976 version. Yeah, I mean. He had, like, a really big concert, and, like, two of those two really big concerts. Yeah. He definitely seemed like a popular guy. Well, in the beginning, yeah. In the beginning. I meant in the end. Oh, yeah. You didn't really see his, like, again, like, there was no really outside force that was, that was bringing him down, like, to a downfall. You, you just, he was, he was going into a downfall, but you didn't really know why. Like, yeah, I don't know because why. again, you didn't know why he was drinking in the first place. Mm-mm. He still seemed popular, and it seemed like people were still trying to book him for gigs. I don't know it what just, his it just thing seemed like was. he wanted an out. And Barbara was always asking him, "Why did you do that?" And he wouldn't answer. Yeah, it was like, "Come on, dude, answer!" Like, I don't know what your, I don't know what your issue is. So, I mean, I don't know if that's if that's what it's truly like to be married to an alcoholic or something. And, and I don't know. And I... this just seemed a bit more realistic. I don't know, but it was it was making me angry that I didn't know why. Yeah. Why this guy was doing this. So, in the 2018 version, we do see the fans with Bradley Cooper, but it's not so much... That's not really what the movie is about. It's not really about the fans and, yeah. and the... It's not, not about that. I think that the 2018 one is really about their relationship. Yeah. And the intimacy between two people and the distance that forms between them when one of them is an alcoholic and the other one is a rising star. Yeah. And you see that so clearly because of the way that he films the movie and the way that, like, it becomes, like, he is always trying to tell her to stay true to herself and she doesn't and he tells her some really mean things and she doesn't want to hear it. And it may be true what he's saying, but she doesn't want to hear it. And their relationship gets farther and farther apart, especially even when he goes to rehab. And she still is like, it's not your fault that you're you have you're an alcoholic and everything um well yeah because she did she definitely could have been deflecting his mean comments towards his abuse and his sickness mm-hmm. and not really taking to light that she really was changing like the music that she was singing in the yeah. beginning prior to how it was towards the end like her music got terrible it got terrible it was terrible like Ooh. the lyrics and the beats like it was it was horrible compared to what she was starting off in the beginning and 
you know, it it was definitely something that she didn't want to hear, especially because she was she was becoming to be very popular, and well, she was, she was a losing career. herself in the in the oh, yeah. in the world in the entertainment world, which yeah. we did not really see with the other two at all. No, like we be- just saw it with Gaga, yeah, which be- was an ad enough. Yeah, in the nineteen fifty four version, James Mason like like nips that in the butt like right in the beginning, like she mm-hmm. like she's in this in this doctor's chair, and it's very scary. Like, yeah. Like, they're just talking about it, about being like, oh, it's this nose. This nose has to go. And then they, like, they put something over it to make it not so curved or something, and they, like, dyed her skin. They, like, they like tanned her, mm-hmm. and then they put a wig on her, and the, the second she goes to see uh, Norman Maine, he's like, he's like, what is this shit? Get this off your face. Yeah. I don't like this about you. He, like, rubs he, the he, like, soap he, like, all over her face. Yeah, and he's, which he's is another... very aggressive and handsy, and he, like, pulls yeah. the wig off of her, and, he, and he's like, what is this? Where's your nose? Like, and then he, like, pulls this thing pulls off of her the nose, nose, and then that's the end of it. Yeah. They don't, they don't continue. Um, and then she just gets on, mm-hmm. but purely by her own talent. Yeah, she really does. It, it really is nothing that he does for that, and the one, oh, another, like, similarity between the, um, 1976 version and then the 2018 version was they had this really cute bathtub scene oh yeah with like the two main characters where they're the where woman putting is putting makeup. makeup on the guy and then they kind of wash it off but they're like doing it in the bathtub and yeah. they do the same exact thing in the bradley cooper one um which was really good with the added element of the eyebrow um thing because she wears that she does the uh she does those fake eyebrows the fake eyebrows as a the lady who sings La Vie en Rose. Yes. Um, and so her look is her, the, the French lady's look. So, like, it, it's funny because he, like, takes her eyebrow off in the beginning and she's, like, got no eyebrow on. And so she, like, covers her hand over her eyebrow. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, she's like, I don't have an eyebrow on. Like, yeah, I look naked. Like, it's very, very cute and very genuine and everything. But I also was going to say that um, the way that Lady Gaga, this is a very serious very, very serious part of the movie that I thought was so striking and is the reason that the, that both Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper are going to get nominated for this movie, for an Oscar, is because this, this rise of Lady Gaga as a pop star in the movie is so mirroring, mirroring the exact life that Lady Gaga has lived. And the her entire, like like career has be is like just exactly the way not exactly but like similar to the way that she behaves in this movie to be a pop star that that's what they want her to be with this voice that she has and that's what she became i mean it she's the poker face is like you know like one of the first things that she ever put out right like that was or, like our just dance just dance just dance was like was like the first just song that i remember the hearing first song that i ever heard from lady gaga and to me she just sounded like every other pop star and that's exactly why she made so much money in the beginning and that's it's exactly the way it is in the movie and you're watching it and it's it's like she's becoming who she was and who she thought that she wanted to be and it turns out that she does not want to be that she wants to be more than just a pop star. And Lady yeah. Gaga is much more than just a pop star. So she, she is way too talented to just be a damn pop star. And she fucking knows this. She's an artist. She's a performance artist. She is not just a singer. Like, she is so much more than that. And yeah. this movie is her movie. This is, like, everything that 
has ever made her who she is, is, is this movie. And it is incredible to watch that. I mean, you really have nothing to compare this to. Com anybody who could play their life out like that on a, on a screen. I mean, that's why she's such a fucking good actress, because it's literally her life. Yeah, she's only, she's only speaking the truth out there. It's fucking crazy. I, I just want to, like, cry thinking about it, because she's such an amazing singer and such an amazing artist, you know? Yeah. She really took the reins of her own career after, you know, she made, she had a little bit of success, and she was like, I don't need to do this shit anymore. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do, and I'm gonna do it. You I know. know when she when she sang um what was it like the sound of music mm -hmm. in at the Oscars a few years ago yeah yeah and and I you know I was hearing all the backlash of people like oh Lady Gaga but she's just she's just this and I'm like no she is not just she, this excuse me she is a she is she's a, a beautiful goddess of talent and amazingness she's an artist she, I will fight you <laughs> she considers the art world in everything that she does she considers the music industry she considers the people around her, and she needs to start making more genuine music, just like the ones from this movie that they start writing together. It, it just, she, she just, and or she, she does that. She doesn't she need to do anything. She just needs to do what she wants. Yeah, exactly. What, whatever she, she music, whatever music she wants to put out, I will listen to it happily. I, yeah. What, whatever, whatever strikes your fancy, Gaga. I'm here for you. I support you. I love you. I'm just saying, this movie really made re me respect her even more because of how how much she deserves this. Oh, yeah. My respect for her was already at, like, 100. Oh, yeah. It's it the, already the, was the up The cup's there. overflowing. <laughs> it, I, I tapped the top of the beer bottle, and it's spewing. It's spewing. <laughs> yeah. So Volcano that, of respect in here. That's my rant for, like, how wonderful Lady Gaga is, and if you didn't realize that until she's had to sing at the, you know, Super Bowl a few years ago, then you're just late to the party. You're just, you're just a little late. We all knew it's this. It's okay. We all knew that she was more than she was. Yeah. Um, and how important she was to the gay community, which, oh. we, which we have in the beginning of the fucking Bradley Cooper movie, which is fantastic. Yes. The drag queens are there. Her friends, her best friends. Yeah, honestly, if they, I kind of thought her, her little friend oh, that from, was He's there. from Hamilton. Oh, really? Yeah, it's um, Anthony Ramos. Yeah, he plays... Uh, he was a John Lawrence and also their son in Hamilton. As as much as much as I I love him so much. He's yeah, so he's cute. he's very cute by himself, <laughs> but as as his character, I don't it, it it seemed like the people that worked in in the the trans the transgender bar, the the drag bar. The drag bar. Yes. yes. The drag bar. They seemed I don't know. I've, I was feeling a lot more love and support from them than from this Ramon guy. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. He just seemed like he was—he was her work friend. He was her best friend, kind of situation. Yeah, I guess they—they they just didn't really. He was just really happy for her in general. They didn't give him a whole lot, and I guess I just—I just thought he was. It just felt like he was there for no reason. I don't know. Yeah, um, but I—I I think that because Bradley Cooper was the like, he. It, the story was about him essentially and like it gave it made him the main character in a sense like you're following his downfall and then his, and then like lady gaga is just his wife you know what i mean yeah like yeah she is just the the reason why he this every everything happens so it's kind of sad because he also might have fallen faster if he didn't have her in the first place you know that's true and um She's just fantastic, man. I just, I gotta see it again. 
I don't think we have time. No, we don't have time. I don't think we have time. Because I'd love to see it again, too. Um, okay, so I have... Um, the next thing I have on here is best fashion. So what's oh. your favorite outfit? Um, Everything. Everything? That Judy Garland wore in the, first, in the 1954 version. Oh, yeah. The Okay, the really... The part where she was, where she was knocking on all the the agent's doors and her amazing white skirt yeah. that had like all the all the black twisted underneath like uh-huh. oh and like that that like very tight fitted like black top of a little collar and then a cute little like <gasps> bull hat I loved that outfit I in the very beginning of the movie I want, I want that, that outfit. exact outfit I know I want it I was like where ah. can I get that outfit it is so just take cute. take my money I want it give it to me it was oh my god I want to wear that to Dapper Day so bad I also loved her Oscar dress it was beautiful oh yeah and then um I liked I liked her dress at the very end where I, I wish they'd had her um, sing at the very end. Yeah, but they, they did. Just, she just went out on stage. She just went out and said that she was Mrs. Norman Maine. Yep. And everybody, and, clapped. And everybody clapped for like two minutes. And then that was the and end of the just, movie. Then it ended. So I kind of wish that she had, had sang. But. Well, I have a best funeral song on here. And since she didn't sing, she's ruled out. Yeah. yeah. So which one do you think won? The Barbara one or the Lady Gaga one? Who who apparently was written by her husband. Didn't it? Ooh. I think the Barbara one, I, I would say the Barbara one was a better song, but the Lady Gaga one was way more emotional. Like, she does a way better job of singing it. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I do I do remember liking the Barbara song a lot. It was very good. Yeah. Barbara is really amazing. She really is. I mean, I just said a lot of, I just spent a lot of time, like, you know, talking about how Lady Gaga was amazing. Barbara is also awesome, but we already knew this. She's it, great. It is known. It, it is known. It is known. That Barbara's amazing. The way that she carries herself on screen is just always amazing. She just she's got so much confidence, confidence, and just and just goddessness. I like, yeah. just, they're they're just they're all goddesses. And her fro is insane. Oh, I loved it. It's crazy. I loved it. It's so seventies. Oh, I loved, I loved Chris Christopherson. He's he's cute. Yeah, he's got a great head of hair. Oh yeah, great beard. Mm hmm. Yeah, good actor too for being a. Uh, an artist and musician. Yeah. Has he, he been, really has he been in anything else? He really wasn't in a lot of stuff, although I actually watched Big Top Pee Wee not too long ago and he's in Big Top Pee Wee. What? <laughs> what is that? It's Pee Wee's movie. It's like one of his Oh you know, no. No no. Yeah. No. No. Mm, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> oh we you don't have to watch it, I'm just saying. It was it was funny. Oh yeah, I don't what are these? Soundtracks? Oh, they're all soundtracks. Yeah, because he's an artist. He's yeah. So it's like he's in a lot. Of, he sings a wow. lot of songs. Wow, he really does. He was oh, a, 117 he, credits for actor. A lot of things is also as an actress. Oh, so wow. an actor. Um, best friend from heaven as Gabriel. Oh, he's just a voice. Interesting. Yeah. Dolphin Tale too. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. All right. What's next on the list? Do we finish everything? Uh, no. Most unnecessary montage. Montage. Okay, wait. Let me think. Yeah, like what part of, of of every movie is most unnecessary? We can just go through it. The first one I would say is that <laughs> Swansea song. <laughs> yes, <I'll stop. laughs> even though I liked it, I'm gonna go with it was unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. Um, and honestly, all the parts that were that were turned into production stills, I thought those were unnecessary. Oh yeah, everything. Totally. <laughs> that that the movie was an hour long, an hour too long. 
The entire thing was an hour too long. Oh man, I like, wish I wish I could have seen it in its 181 minutes glory. I wish I could have seen that. Yeah. Um. So then the 1976 version, I would say it's probably them building. Well, them building the yurt was good for like their love and everything, but like. I don't remember a whole lot of montages in that. Yeah. In the 76 I, version. It, it, you know what? Maybe it's. I would say it's probably when he sleeps with that girl. That that felt too much to me. But then again, like, I guess it was one of those things that made him fall off the edge because we really didn't have any reason for him to be drinking or anything like that, so... The problem with the... It's hard to pull out unnecessary scenes within the 1976 version because they already took out too much. You're right. It was lacking. It was definitely So, lacking. if anything, you shouldn't be... shouldn't be taking away anything That girl else. that he sleeps with, though, is just terrible. She was just... She was so gross. Yeah. She gets out of the pool and her hair is so stringy. And she's just as like, she could, you know, she. And she looked like she hadn't slept in like a week. She, yeah, she, her eyes. She was definitely doing was, some drugs. She was very puffy. She's, she was like. She's very puffy very for being skinny. so skinny. I know. She was puffy but skinny. Super I skinny. I don't understand how she that was, happens. She was also there for like no reason. She was yeah. like in the pool. And Ellie saw a pool in the new one. She was like, oh no, a pool. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was I was like, what's like, gonna happen in this pool? <laughs> and I hadn't watched that part yet because I I had to watch all these movies in parts. Okay, it's not oh, the yeah. 2018 one, obviously, but oh, the, yeah. the other ones. What I did was I watched the 1976 version. I only got about halfway through. Then I watched the 2018 version. Then I watched the 1954 version, and then I watched the 1976 version. The end of it. <laughs> That's just a mess. All it was over. a mess. How do you even have coherent thoughts? It also right took now? me all day today to watch the 1954 version because it was three fucking hours long. Oh yeah, it took me. <laughs> it took me. Um, yeah, it took me a while because you know at, at intermission, you know, I had to take a, my a little intermission of my yeah, own. Yeah, I had to. I had that to intermission. Pee. I had to make some popcorn. I, I had to go walk around. <laughs> I put on my notes, intermission! <laughs> like, halfway through my notes. Oh, man, I know, that was an intermission. Oh, did you see uh, in the Judy Garland version, the one where uh, she's talking outside, and apparently th they did a lot of cheating in this movie with, like, the backdrops and stuff. It was Oh, yeah. It was not Where well there was made. definitely, like, pictures just yeah. taped up in the back. It was a lot of pictures and a lot of, like... Um, projected images. And in, in one of the parts where they were showing the beach coming in, Emily, it looked like their house was in the water. Okay. It looked like the house was in the water, and also, I was watching it, and I saw a jump, and I was like, what? And I had to go back, and I was watching it, and I was watching the waves in the background, and the waves, like, jump. Like, the, like, basically the, it's as if the, the loop needs to restart. And so it goes oh, back to the beginning of the oh. film, and you're watching it, and it's just like, they're a completely different spot. Like, it's it's an automatic, like, um, I don't think nature does that. No. <laughs> That's not what happens. And, like, clear, it was, like, clearly a jump in the camera. And and some of the audio was off. Like, you could tell yeah. that when people were talking, there it, it wasn't was not, lined up very well. It was well. not, like, super well made. Yeah. We, we're we going to give it a slight break, because it was in 1954. It was 1954, Even but though honestly, I have seen better laid over sounds in in a 1930s MGM musical than in this. So yeah. So you'd think in 20 years I'd get this down. I just think that there was so many issues with making this movie that they just didn't make it very well. Like, I know people really like it, but as a film, it's very problematic. Oh, yeah. Like, Judy is fucking amazing. And I'm not going to, like, say that she's not, because she, she's the best part of this movie. Everything else is just... By all means. Whatever. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even matter. Oh, wait, there's a goof section. Yeah, let's check it out. 
there's probably like a million goofs because one of them is when the the movie restarts itself <laughs> the movie restarts itself yeah that's what that's what it looked like it looked like the the waves were starting to restart themselves so um that's all i wrote for the stuff on this on this thing um while you're looking up those goofs, I'm just going to say that there was this amazing... I really, really loved the way that Bradley Cooper filmed this. Like, it and edited. Oh my god, the editing was so good in the in the Bradley Cooper one. Oh yeah, I mean, he is a great director. I just... He just put these scenes together, like... And it seems that sometimes when they cut, it's like too abrasive of a cut or too... And you're, you notice it and you say... That was a good idea because of the way that it flows from one scene to the next in a situation where it's like, this is going through their lives in a time. Like, it was so easy to see that this was taking place over years. Yeah. And not too not too long, but, in, in you know, in a time period. And you didn't even need to see where they were or, you know, the years go by. It was so clear because of all the editing what was happening. Yeah. And the camera work was very tight shots. I mean, it was, I kind of got sick sometimes because it was just very rough, very focused on their faces a lot of the time. Yeah. Just extremely intimate shots of the two of them to show their intimacy and the way that they interact with each other. And it was a lot of tight shots on them. Yeah. The one, the one unnecessary montage that I would take out of the 2018 one is, is, what is it? When he's, when he's singing to her at the piano, like, right before he had killed himself, like, singing singing to her his song that he'd written for her, uh-huh. they, they like, just quickly cut to when they were just on that stage together in the beginning. Uh-huh. And, I don't know, I, I felt like just them singing to each other and Lady Gaga's acting was, was, was good enough to where they didn't need to... Remind us to where they jump. came from. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I know. we knew where they came from. We were, we're very we were well aware... We were there, too. Of what, they, ...of what they had come from. Yeah. We never forgot where they'd come from. No. We were so, thinking, where, what have they become because of how wonderful they were when yeah, they were just, and just together and, and pure. Yeah, and just to jump back to that one stage scene where, like, they're hugging, I don't know, that seemed unnecessary to me because Lady Gaga was doing such a great job of just, like, yeah. just, like, crying and, and like, grabbing Bradley's face and just, like, kissing him oh, while he that was, was singing her so the song. Sweet. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't need to do it that. It was such a sweet moment and she loved him so much. Especially since it happened after, like, we knew that he was dead. Like, and, yeah. like, that was, that was that the was only montage sadder. you needed. Yeah, like, you didn't... You're right, Emily. That wasn't necessary. You're right, you're right. Yeah, you're right. We, did, right. we didn't need that. We didn't need it. <laughs> didn't. Of course I'm right. But I thought, I really, really, really saw the love. I, I know that the chemistry between um, Chris Christopherson and Barbara was really good, too, but, de- yeah, definitely, like, watching, watching Gaga do, like, watching her husband fall apart in front of her eyes and dealing with that in such a not an angry way in in a very like tender way and and letting him do this and like not getting angry with him was pretty incredible because you think that after he embarrasses her at the grammys that she's going to be really pissed at him but she doesn't really get mad at him she just gets stern with him it's different you yeah. know and she holds her own in their relationship like she looks at the bike and she tells him like i'm not getting on that thing if you've been drinking like She's very, very... And that's from the very beginning. She's like that. And she protects herself a lot. Yeah. And even though she's in love with this man who's who's killing himself. And it's like... 
very clear that she loves him very much. Yeah, it almost seems like... It almost seems like she only really gets mad if she knows something is is true. Like, the only time I feel like she really got mad was when he was telling her that she was changing all this stuff about herself. And yeah. He, and he wasn't, he cur- he, and he wasn't he liking her anymore. He said things to her. Yeah, and so she... So that's why she got so angry. And in a way, I'm sure she knew it was true. She does, And though. you could see and it And so she, she lashed back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But then, you know, it's really hard, and it doesn't help either to be continuously mad at, at someone and, like, you know, kind of... I don't know, almost shame them or guilt them into yeah. into something that that she's she's well aware of that she knows that he's sick. Yeah. Like and uh, and I felt like their relationship got so uh it got so un it just wasn't there towards the end. The way that they were behaving towards each other did not act like they were married. It acted like two people who live together and occasionally see each other. And that's like their their relationship like fell apart and they became like distant. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I just like feel that marriage should not be that. Like you should be communicating a lot and you should be talking to each other about everything and you should know what the other person is going to do and how they're going to behave. And you need to be able to help them through their problems instead of ignoring them and wishing that they were gone. Yeah. And, like, again, I, f- I felt the same way in the 1954 version with Judy when yeah. there was this amazing scene where she was in this like, ridiculous, freckled, like, little boy outfit. Yeah. And, like, a straw hat, like, dancing and tapping through the streets like a little paper boy. Yep. And... She's talking to his best friend. Yeah, she's talking to her friend, and then... Or, no, she's talking to Oliver, their, like, manager. Their manager guy. Their production company. Yeah. He comes in, and, you know, he's kind of... And she's singing a song about, like, you know, taking your frown away and just putting on a happy face because things will get better. Mm -hmm. And And she goes backstage and talks to Oliver, and... And she's taking a break, and she's, like, getting her makeup touched up, and Oliver comes in and he's like asking about Norman. about Norman and seeing if he's getting better, which of course he's not because he, I think this was after he'd gone out of rehab and he was like relapsing. Yeah, and, and she was just like, I don't know what and, to do. I I don't know if I can even love him anymore. Yeah, and she was crying and crying, crying and, a and, lot. Yeah, and then she's able to go out there and she puts this like huge smile on her face and like yep. finishes the song like you know like make that smile last like she's like it does mm-hmm. this crazy number. Yeah. And it's just at the very end, and she, like, goes out there, she, like, kind of, like, taps her face a little bit, she, like, kind of shakes it off, and then she's just, like, put that frown away and make that smile last! And it's, like, and it's crazy. Like, it was she had done crazy. it in the middle of being so emotional, and yes. you're seeing it as she's acting, too, and it's amazing. And then as soon as the camera shuts off, her face falls, and it's just, like, oh, my God, like, Judy, you're the best. She's fucking She's amazing. She's fucking amazing. It's it's really stupid that she didn't win that damn Oscar. It better not have been James. I'm gonna look it up. James and his terrible acting. He didn't win. <laughs> I know, but hopefully he didn't bring her down. I feel like I just have to know who won instead of her. It was the 1955 Oscars. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, 1955 Oscars. That was the 27th Academy Awards, by the way. <sighs> That's it? <laughs> On the waterfront one. Oh no, that yeah, yeah. Oh, that shit, that deserved it. That really deserved it. Also, oh, wait. Um, I don't know if best, it was nominated. Wait, best, best actress from On the Waterfront. No, no, the the movie that won was, oh. was On the Waterfront. Best okay. motion picture was On the Waterfront. Best director was On the Waterfront. Okay. Best actor was Marlon Brando from On the Waterfront. Best actress was Grace Kelly in The Country Girl. 
Wow. Well, Audrey Hepburn was also nominated for Sabrina that year. Mmm. Dang, that's some serious uh, competition right there. I want to watch those movies now. I yeah. Think, have I seen Sabrina? I don't think I've seen I've Sabrina. I've seen Sabrina. That's a great movie. Best Supporting Actress was Ava Marie Saint for On the Waterfront. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, love. I do love On the Waterfront, though. That's a really good movie. Yep, I'd love to watch it again. So any any time we wanna we wanna watch that and just do a quick little uh, classics, a quick little classics. Cause quick, that's a great movie. Quick little classics. Though none of our none of our podcasts are quick. Um, it didn't even win best song. It didn't even have the man that got away was nominated, but it didn't win. Oh. Do you want to read some Metascores now? Yeah. All right. Ooh, they're so all which, really high. For which one? The first one? The 1954 one? Oh, I don't think we have any for the 1954 one. Uh, so sometimes for older movies, we don't have Metascore, but... Oh, yeah, oh there do. is a Metascore we do for know that one. Wow. Jeez, they're all the same. Oh, okay. Wait, we, we have Metascores for all three of them, actually. We do. Okay, so the 1954 one got an 89 Metascore. That's Empire, the one. lowest Empire one says... Hollywood overindulges at its best, which is how I feel about this movie. But well, yeah, well but not not completely because of how amazing Judy is. So she really brings it together. I mean, overindulgence at its best. I don't. Whatever. I don't know. That just. Ooh, here we go. Um, from Larson on film, Josh Larson. Uh, Garland and Mason don't exactly generate sparks as a couple, which is true, and her. Histrionics? What does that what does that mean? You gonna look it up? I want to. Let's see what that means. Let's look up the definition. Histrionics definition. I feel like you didn't even read need to write definition. It would have come up. Nope. Exaggerated dramatic behavior designed to attract attention. Did he say that about Judy? Did he just say that about fucking Judy? I don't think that's true. What the... What? What? And her histrionics in the dialogue scenes eventually overwhelmed the picture, but early on, this has a lot of technicolor cinemascope magic. Okay. <laughs> all right, Josh. First of all, I'm talking about Judy like that. Then let's see, do I want to read one last one or do I want to move on to the, uh, let's just do, uh, mm, the 1976 one? That got a 59 Metascore, so that's a... Which I think is very, uh, is very on point with that one, because mm-hmm. I, I felt like it... Oh, no. Oh. Echo! Jesus! Stop! <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Uh, okay, let me... Oh, apparently the TV guide says that this one is the fourth remake of A Star is Born, so I... This 1976 version, so honestly, I don't know how many versions of this movie there have been. There are a lot. There's a lot. Um, a lot. The Chicago Sun-Times, which is Roger Ebert, gave it a 63. He says, I enjoyed a lot of A Star is Born. I thought Miss Streisand was distractingly miscast in the role, and yet I forgave her for everything when she sang. I thought Miss Reson was distractingly miscast in the role. I wonder what he means by that. Distractingly miscast. I just don't think he thought that she was a good actress in it. But she was a good singer. Barbara? Oh my goodness. Okay. 
Um, let's see. Uh, um, I, I mean, I don't know. There's really nothing else that I want to say about this one. It, the 59 sounds about right for this, this 76 version. Yeah. And not, and not even for any of, of the acting or anything, because for, for what lacking story they had, I feel like Barbara and Chris did the best they could. Yeah. And then, you know, for the... Um, and, and the music was really good. Oh, I also was going to say that Sam Elliott is probably going to get nominated for Best Supporting Actor for um, playing Bobby, his brother, in the 2018 oh, version. Oh, yeah. He's very good. He was good. Yeah. He was good. Also, a lot of close-up shots with him, too, especially yeah. when they're fighting. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of very tight shots in this movie, which I, don't always work, so... I loved the scenes where they were fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you, are you going to read more about the 76 one, or do you want to move on? I think we've read enough of the 76 one. Okay. Well, we got a bunch of hundreds for this new one, which is pretty exciting. Okay. You want to read one? Um... Variety says, Cooper has made a jaggedly tender love story that is never over the top, an operatic movie that dares to be quiet. It's really true. It's a very intimate story for being such a grand thing, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see, here's one from IndieWire. Uh, gave it a 75 Credit to Cooper for delivering his best, most soulful performance while pulling double duty behind the camera, but it's his co-star whose magnetism most draws you into their world and keeps you there even when the film hits the occasional wrong note. Um, which, I mean, yeah, I, I, don't that's, know. That's I don't know nice. how many wrong notes it was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, except for that, that one part you said, the montage you didn't like. The, was the like cutaway. It's like at the very end, though. I know, but, like, I also felt like Lady Gaga... She was, she's very likable even for her missteps in the movie, mm-hmm. even for her her bad choices. Yeah, the one thing I didn't like about the 2018 version is that you know when it comes to when it comes to abuse and sickness, it kind of seemed like they were they were throwing the word fault around. Yeah, and I feel like that's not a good word to use. Yeah, it's not when when one you're trying to support someone and make them better and like i i know i know what people try to try to like what is it called uh reassure someone by saying it's not your fault but he but says just, like every it's okay it's okay yeah or it's okay it's i mean well she just didn't know what to say to him other than like which i can understand she's that. just like supporting him and even he's he's clearly going through like those 12 steps when he's talking to her too that like she, he has to apologize to her, which is like part of, part of the like part of the steps, the steps yeah. of AA or whatever. Like they have to tell everybody that they're sorry, and it's hard for them to do that, which he does to his brother and his wife, and um, it does seem like they're getting better. But yeah, I just don't like that word fault. Even yeah, even if it is meant to reassure, like it's not your fault. It's like does there. It just... Do you need to give someone the fault? I don't know. It, 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 yeah, it's like the same thing with like how I felt like their marriage was starting to just be less intimate when she started wearing all those clothes that were really tight and really glittery. And 
were really, like, different than what she was wearing earlier in the movie. And, like, her hair was changed. She was wearing a lot of makeup. She didn't do that in the beginning. I mean, they did a great job, like, making her seem like she was harder to to get to because of how, like, how much she was putting on an act even every day in her everyday life. Yeah. You know, and she just, she wore, like, slightly, like, more comfortable clothes, like, maybe when she, like, jumped on him in the end, but it looks like she was wearing, like, a bathing suit with, like, a just a sweatshirt tied around her, like, when they were in, in their home. Mm-hmm. Like, right when he says, hey, I want to get a good look at you again, you know, before she leaves. Mm-hmm. But... It just seemed like every time she was talking to him, she was, she had that bright orange hair that just was clearly not her and not good for her. And she just looked like a Barbie doll, you know, wearing all this plastic stuff all the time and just felt like he couldn't hug her or get close to her, you know, because she had all that. Yeah. And it just is sad because that's how he like got to his downfall was like he was not being honest with her and it wasn't like... They just, weren't, they just didn't have a very close relationship anymore. No. Which was sad. Because you, you wanted them to be in love. Yeah. Hmm. They're just... They're really nice together, and they look like they would just belong together so much. And then it just didn't work out. Yeah. It's just a heavy hitting movie. It really is. It's very hard to watch. And it's really good because the music's amazing but it is sad i didn't cry though no i thought i was going to but i think it was that montage that killed it <laughs> like honestly i was getting a little tear-eyed in the beginning when she like first gets on that stage and she's terrified yeah and and you could like see it and and whenever she she sings like i know i know that both barbara and judy are also pretty well known for being very like emotional dramatic singers that are very very um intense but like i don't know when gaga would sing it looked like she'd be on the verge of crying every time she was out there and and it made me want to cry too yeah at the very beginning when she was singing that uh the shallow song yeah like in the parking lot no on on the stage on the stage when she went out there and she was like she like couldn't see and she was like not very comfortable being up there and mm-hmm. you know she was scared I think all the stuff that really shined for me was all the little moments, all the little things between Gaga and um, Bradley Cooper. It, it was just a lot of very intimate things and very small, cute things, like the nose thing and, like, when he tapes up her hand with the, the peas. The peas, yeah. And I I felt, like, less so that this was one of those stories, like, with the Judy Garland one, it seemed like because of how physical he was, because of how kind of aggressive that he was, it was definitely, like... She has no, um, she has no say in this. Like, he's gonna make her do this. Yeah, which is kind of how it, it really felt in... It really felt like In the that. beginning, which, which again is, I think, for the time period, because, I don't know, for some reason, in a lot of those older movies, like, guys being very, almost, pushy. almost aggressive and pushy was maybe seen as romantic. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't I know guess. why. I guess. It's not, but I guess like, that was seen as women being would very be like, romantic No, and, like, I don't want to do that, and the man would be like, yes, you do. Yes, you do want to do this. And like, throw themselves on, on, yeah. on the woman actress, like, And eh. it's a problem. And that's, that's where, like, inherently, I have an issue with this story in the first place. Because of the fact that it's because of the man that this, that the girl gets even the chance to to be big and they get that they get like even bigger on their own merit but the fact is like 
if they didn't have the man, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. You know? Which is why I kind of liked how the Judy Garland one started, because, like, she knew this guy was a drunk. Mm-hmm. She knew he was no good. Yeah. And when he first is like, you know, let's go have dinner, she's like, she's like, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Bye. And she, like, runs away. Yeah. But then, but then, of course, like, right as she's leaving, she, like, turns around and she's like, well, he's kind of hot. And then Danny. Yeah, she and then, thinks And that. then her friend Danny is like, like, let's get out of here. Daniel or whatever, like, her musician friend. He was great. Yeah. I really liked him. I liked him a lot. He was very he was really genuine and, yes. and really cared about her. Yeah. And and he was also trying to talk her out of, of dropping the band because she, she was she was the singer of, of a pretty... Nice jazz band. A nice jazz band that was that was going places. They were going on tour. They were having gigs. Like, mm-hmm. she, was, she was getting money to eat. And, you know, her friend was trying to try to tell her not to go. Like, don't, like, don't, don't drop everything for this guy. Yeah. This drunken guy. Yeah. I think that the Bradley Cooper one did a good job because it showed that we, everything we know in the business, as in there are executives that are the ones making all the choices for their talent. Yeah. Like, she didn't want the dancers, but he's like, you have to, if I put dancers out there, you need to put the dancers out there. Like, he was being, he was being very forceful with her and very, um, using his words to do it, but definitely, like, very strong executive man words. Like, a, overarching over this woman who would yeah. do what he said because she wants to be big. She wants to be famous. And she was doing what he said, and then she became something that maybe she didn't want to become. Yeah. And you're watching her, like, embrace it and watching her, like, really do this well. But I think at the very end, she kind of, like, realizes that she's not going to do that anymore because... She gives that beautiful song that's not her pop song. It's it's her husband's song, and she sings like she did in the very beginning. And that's a change. You know that she's going to make a change in her career and going to make a change in her life after her husband dies. Yeah. Because she knows that he's he wanted her to be genuine, and she has not been being genuine. No. And I, that's what really is sad to me. Yeah, and I feel like that's what really drove and made, and made their relationship... Even if even if it, even if there was a fall in their relationship, I feel like that really that made everything a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. It made the story a lot stronger, and again, it was very interesting seeing this kind of same story told along these very different decades. Yeah, they're all so different. It was enlightening, really. I mean, the the industry. It's like watching a, a portrait of the industry at the time. Because you you watch a Judy Garland one, you watch the a, the all of the contracts and all. Yeah, of the, I was trying to think of why they did because again studio contracts and all that shit, and I, it's just I, yeah. like that's actually how it was, and that's actually like it's not a critique on itself, but it's it's nearly a critique on itself. The Bradley Cooper one is a critique of the business. For oh, sure. most definitely, like that, like that executive was a total grade A douchebag. Exactly, he Which, was he was even a little bit too stereotypical. Oh yeah, like. Especially when he's talking to Riley Cooper in the end. I think he definitely was the most stereotypical part of this whole entire thing. Yeah. Just just his attitude and the way that he behaved as, like, a powerful man in this industry. Yeah. To make it seem like her choices were ones that he was actually making. Yeah. And, like, going back to what you were saying about the industry, like, maybe... I was trying to think, because why... 
why, again, why wouldn't they make that point in the 76 version yeah. about about Barbara's looks? Because she's she's referenced it before in her movies, so I don't know why. Like, for, during during the 70s, were, were more natural-looking singers, like, just being yeah. being recorded and taken natural on? Natural-looking people, people yeah. were definitely more, like, wildly accepted. I mean, the 70s were a crazy time in film. People were just... You know, so ugly maybe that was it. Maybe that's it. why they didn't bring it up. But <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I think they just didn't give a shit. Like everybody in the seventies was like, just more hair, more sex. You know, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, just, just you throw any waif in this, and it's gonna be fine. You know, like I mean, you think about like Annie Hall. Every single person in that movie is like incredibly unattractive. <laughs> that well, seventies. Yeah. It just was like, why? That's it. That's the look. That's the that's the style of the time. So, which was you? You're the style. You and, what, and whatever you look. All like. your hair, all your body, everything. You know, and it just was like, but it, they were standards. It was just such a reaction to the 1960s and the 1950s, where everybody was so buttoned up and perfect. Yeah. The 1970s, we were like, we are going to be exactly the opposite of that. We're going to grow all our hair out, wear tons of like flowy things, no bras, just let loose and just give no shits. Give no shits. Have sex with tons of people. Oh yeah. So, so maybe that was it. But I don't know. You yeah, so we're watching that and then today she goes on SNL and we watch her on SNL. I mean, it's like this is too much a thing that we need to be focusing on how much this was a critique of the music industry and how they Hardcore. need to listen. They need to fucking listen because it is ridiculous that we have to watch these pop stars get manhandled, okay? It is, like, fucking awful. I just... That's what made me so upset about this, like, this life, this industry that, that is already existing. Because it was so true. Because it's so fucking true and you watched it happen with Lady Gaga herself. She went through that shit. And, and to go... And to go based off the fact that we have a movie from 1954 that is critiquing this as well. It was very slight. Yeah. But they critiqued it still. They, they critiqued the film industry more. Well, yeah. The studio industry. That's true. But same same thing. Yeah. It's it's your face. And your face has to look a specific way if yeah. you, you want to be popular. Yeah. If you and wanna, they do. They if you want to be loved. Yeah. That's so, exactly how they treat Judy. They're like, yeah, exactly. Like, you're a, you know, you're an odd one. Your nose is too perfect. Yeah, so I, you're uh, you're too weird looking or something. It's like seriously, Are you kidding me? You're too beautiful. We gotta change you. Like, I know. That's basic. Like, <sighs> yeah, it's it's many rants in this in this because it's just it's so it's so real. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I, I love <laughs> it. Sucks so much. It really sucks. I did love Dave Chappelle a lot. I thought oh. that that edition of him was really nice. I wish he was in it more. I wish he had a. Yeah, I want to know more about him. So um, I think he was a, a childhood friend. Okay. And um, he had lived in, like, Baltimore with his wife or something. Yeah. And, and I, I loved place. what he had to say, where it's just you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you move on thinking that you want to, like, you, 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 you settle down in some place thinking that you're going to move on soon, but then but then you end up liking where you are and you just... Yeah. And you just stay there. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. I Yeah. I wish he was in there more as well. And um, helping them get married was really cute. Oh, yeah. And, uh... Making the ring out of the guitar string. I also like that in the beginning of the movie, he wakes her up from a nap. And oh. then in the next part, she wakes him up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the the tides have turned. Like, you can tell that that's, that's when it was like, they flipped roles, you know? 
Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, like, Dave Chappelle was really cute because he also said that this is, like, a story that happens over and over again. Yes. And Which it's, he like... totally tied it to how many remakes this has been made. How many stories has been told? was, like, referencing the fact that this story has been told over and over again. Oh, yeah. And, and that's a thing. It's, it's not an uncommon story. Like, people... Yeah. People meet people, people make connections, people form relationships that then make them rise higher. Yeah. And... Yeah. And then sometimes they get bigger than even the person that they were with. So it's yeah. like... How... And people lose themselves. Like, it's... It's... It's a completely common story. Mm-hmm. They lose what was really important to them. And, yeah. And their... Their their talents being wasted, but they're making so much money. It's, like, really crazy. Well, yes, especially, and it, it really hurt seeing the 2018 version with, with Gaga, because at least with the other two versions, the women didn't really have to change their sound. They kind of got to keep whatever. I mean, I don't know. There, there were probably some some movies that Judy didn't really care to, you know, Judy's character didn't really care to be in, but because she was getting paid, maybe she just did them. Judy but, probably was in a lot of stuff that she didn't really care to be in, and it just she was under contract for her entire life, so she had to do it. Well, yeah, speaking in reality. Yeah, because basically... Oh, you mean in the movie? Yeah. Oh, but damn. But it's... but it's Because it mimics it's so Judy's real, life, yeah, too. it's so real so... to Judy's life, so it doesn't... That's why it was, like, so <laughs> sad. Because she, yeah. she was exactly the same as she was in her actual film, and that's why it is also sad. I wish the movie was better. I wish James Mason was better. It's, yeah, like, I wish that it was edited and put together better, because yeah. it was just not. Yeah. It, like, was very messy. Yeah. It it deserves a second chance, really. It really does. <laughs> it, re- it deserves a re-edit, like a re-cut. Yeah. You know, somebody could do that, and it would be so much better. Yeah. But just, like, they have... I don't know. It just seems like the writing, the screenplay wasn't that good. I saw an interesting trivia that I think, uh... Uh... Frank Sinatra was... Was, uh looked at for the role of Oh man, that would have been of great, Norman. man. That would have been great, right? Oh, shit. That would have made a lot more right? sense. Um cuz cuz Frank's at least a singer. Yeah. Like this this guy, this this British guy who's who's playing in this movie. I don't even I don't even know who the hell this guy is. I know he was really bad. I, I'm sorry if he's in other movies and you guys like his movies, but this I don't like this actor. I do not like him. Um, yeah, I saw something Wait, go go up a little bit. It was re- oh, it was rejected. Okay, wait. Um, will you read that second one? The restored version received its world premiere at the Radio City Music Hall in New York on July seventh, nineteen eighty three. As soon as the lost musical numbers appeared, the audience started applauding. At the end, the audience gave the film a standing ovation. Both of Judy Garland's daughters, Liza Minnelli and Lorna Luft, were in the audience. Afterwards, they had to be taken to a dressing room where it took them 20 minutes to stop crying. Oh, As soon as the lost musical numbers? So they added it in 1983 to make it even fucking longer. <laughs> oh my god! And they didn't ever oh, look, see their mom doing that. Here's one. Georgia Cooker, which I think was the director, um, offered Marlon Brando. Yeah, because the role of Norman Maine 
is that of a has-been actor. It was rejected yeah. by Humphrey Bogart, Marlon Brando, Montgomery Clift, Gary Cooper, Henry Fonda, Errol Flynn, Cary Grant, Ray Millen, Gregory Peck, Tyrone Power, Frank Sinatra, James Stewart, and Robert Taylor. That's a lot. Before being finally accepted by James Mason. No wonder he was so bad. He was literally like the 15th choice. <laughs> the 15th choice! That's why, Judy Emily. Garland did suggest her former The Harvey Girls co-star, co-star John Hodiak for the role, but Hodiak was unavailable at the time. Oh my god. <laughs> It's because nobody wanted to be that. Nobody wanted to let her shine is really what this answer to this is. You know what? Those fucking guys are terrible. Now I'm glad that James Mason did Yeah, see, he makes him seem better than he actually is. he, he, He either purposely or or not purposely... Acted terribly so that Judy could have could the, have the, the spotlight, the, the light. Honestly, yeah. Emily, I think that's what it was. That must have been it. She she deserved this, and none of those men that you just read said, "I wouldn't." Oh yeah, I bet I would never let the woman be the shining star of this movie. Like, oh yeah, I mean, oh yeah, that is just the most fucking fifties thing I've ever heard in my life. I was thinking, um, I was thinking like Clark Gable. But, I don't know, maybe. He would be good, too. His name's not on here. Did they offer it to him? I mean, was he dead? <laughs> was he dead? <laughs> was he dead already? <laughs> I don't know. Was he, was he, <laughs> I'm looking it up. Was he dead I'm looking already? it up. I'll see when he died. Oh, no! Clark! <sighs> Fuck. Um, well, good, because, I mean... I he died in 1960, so not quite. Almost. Almost dead. Or what about, uh, who was the guy... Oh, that's right. Humphrey Bogart. Damn it. <sighs> Humphrey Bogart. Right, that was the guy that was an African queen, right? Yep. Damn. I love that movie, man. Damn. That movie actually made me like Humphrey. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like him as a Maltese Falcon? Because we were asleep? Um, no, I was gonna I was gonna go with uh, Casablanca. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. Which again? Which we have to we have to rewatch. We that. will rewatch. It, we, okay, we a hundred percent need to watch. That I'm, again. I'm pretty sure I'll like it more once once I watch it a second time. We definitely have a very not right view of that movie. Yes, Th- there was yes. there was something wrong with how we are viewing. this There was film. definitely something wrong, and we're gonna apologize right now. If you're a really big Casablanca fan, we will give it a second try. We will. Do not worry. Do we not. Will. There's there's still hope left for us. So please <laughs> please be patient. <laughs> Let me see. It never. What? After filming the Academy Awards scene where Esther slash Vicky is inadvertently slapped by a drunken Norman Maine. Yep, I remember that one. The whole side of Judy Garland's <gasps> face was bruised! No! James, you she stupid... really hit her! James, you stupid idiot! Oh, no. <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> oh, no, I'm back to not liking him. He's such a bad actor! You gotta read that one, too. Which one? The Judy Garland was on her. Oh. Judy Garland was on her best behavior during the early days of shooting, but she slowly lost control. Oh no, Judy. She first called in sick 
on November 9th, which kept her off the film for four days. She got sick again shooting outdoor locations and missed three more days. She was sick again for two days in December. Then they had to postpone a scene because she didn't like her costume. Well, your costumes were amazing, Judy! Other days, she had to leave early because she was too tired or too sick to go on. By February, they were 41 days behind schedule. In late March, she took two weeks off to get herself off all prescription medications. Ultimately, the production would drag on for nine months! Oh, damn. Damn! She was... That was all their fault. They really overworked her. Gosh! I mean, that's just ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's like so sad. Especially because of what the movie's about. Ugh. Ugh, Judy. Well, why don't you read some trivia about the next one, the 1974 movie? <laughs> okay. Please, I'd love to hear I'd more love about to this hear. movie. Hey, well, whose idea was it to take out half the storyline? I'd love to know. I'd love to know! Uh, is it not... Chris Christopherson did not get along with the director. According to Chris, Frank Pearson himself, a World War II veteran, looked down on Christopherson for being in the army, but not going to war in Vietnam. Christopherson Mm. later said, I was too drunk to give a shit. Wow. Wow, That sounds like a bunch of stuff that people cared about in the 70s. That sounds, yeah. Well, yeah, because people were way against the war at that time. Said Chris Christopherson said, filming with Streisand was an experience which may have cured me of the movies? Maybe he just didn't like movies and then he just worked with Barbara and was like, she's amazing. Okay. Alright. Yeah, let's let's go let's go with it meaning that. Because I don't I don't know what he was talking about. Oh he, the director also was didn't like working with Barbara Streisand. <gasps> director Van was so angered by his experience working with Barbara Streisand on this film that he wrote a first person account published in both New York and New West magazines detailing what a horrible experience it had been. Pearson what? portrayed his star as egocentric, manipulative, and controlling. The article was published just prior to the film's release in December 1976, <laughs> and Streisand and Pearson had ne- have never worked together again. That is crazy. Dang. Oh, man. This is a bad, bad situation for everybody, and you Listen- could tell. Listen to this. Barbara Streisand insisted that she wanted Elvis Presley for the part of John Norman. Was Elvis even a good actor? He was in something, I think. He's in some stuff. Uh, no, I think Chris Christopherson was Chris, He was good. He was good. Yeah. He was really good. Um, she even went to Las Vegas to see Elvis after one of his performances in 1975 and talked to him directly to convince him to play the part. Elvis wanted to do it, but... Colonel Tom Parker, his manager, was angry that the Streisand did not come to him first to in order to talk to Elvis. I guess he told the producers that if they wanted Elvis, Elvis's name had to be at the top of the movie poster above Streisand's name. Moreover, it was said that he asked them for a very large sum of money. Oh man! Um, and he, at this time, he hadn't been in a movie since 1969, and nobody knew what he could do to the box office. Wow, that's crazy. Well. I don't... Uh, I'm just going to assume that Elvis isn't a good actor, and, uh... Nah. I don't know. I, 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 whatever. I like Chris. It Even... was the second highest grossing film of 1976. Oh, dang. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Cher, oh. Liza Minnelli, Helen Reddy, and Diana Ross were considered for the role of Esther Hoffman. How was Liza Minnelli not automatically the number one choice? That's what I want to know. 
don't, I don't know how Sandra. <laughs> I don't know because she's she's Judy Garland's daughter. If you didn't know that, yes, yes, I. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that was too close to the. Yeah, maybe it was just too, too close. Too close. It maybe people. Close. Maybe uh, Jude, Liza's favor was not in favor at the time. I don't know. No, probably not. She's she's hard to like sometimes. Esther Hoffman's Esther Hoffman Howard's clothing was straight out of Barbara Streisand's own closet. The actual credit reads, "Wow, Miss Streisand's clothes from her closet." That's great. She wore some great stuff. That's amazing. She wore some amazing dresses, especially the one she wore to the Emmys or the Grammys was really great. It was like this beautiful gold thing. I don't quite Very Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a lot of like how she wanted it to be Elvis. So that's kind of interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Or, he, or Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. He's yeah. too old. Yeah. I bet he was told by that, by that point. Uh, another choice for the role of John Norman Howard was Mick Jagger. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see if there's any cool ones for the new one. Do, 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 do. Let's see. Trivia. Did you know? Did you know? Oh, Bradley Cooper said that Lady Gaga was the one who convinced him they should sing live. Aga said she hated watching movies where the actors were not lip-synced correctly to the songs, mm-hmm. and to avoid this and get it right, they needed to sing live for the film. This was what caused Cooper to get more extensive vocal training. Yeah, he that was great. Wow. And then he performed... Some of the scenes were filmed at Coachella in 2017. I was there. I didn't see him, though. Oh. But so, Lady Gaga was performing in 2017, which is really funny, because she's not in any of the scenes with him when they're at Coachella. Yeah. It's funny. I saw her there, though. Oh. So was, so was the, do you think the audience in that was like, it was inside a tent, so it could have been an audience for another, like it says, um, it says festival goers paid $10 to see the scenes being filmed, although recording devices were locked away to prevent any footage from being leaked. Yeah. So, um, it must have just been, you know, at some point in the morning or something like that where they filmed. Uh, yeah, or probably. late at, later in the day, but I could tell it was Coachella. Um, um, let's see. He was taught to play the guitar by Lucas Nelson, really, son of Willie Nelson. So he didn't actually play guitar before he he made this movie. That's crazy. He played really good. Yeah. Every night for a, for a year. I mean, yeah, he had to do like a lot of guitar solos. Yeah, it was a big part of his his role. Had a performer present himself like a musician. Cooper is backed by Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real for his stage performances. Wow. Apparently, awesome. it says Bradley Cooper had a fight to convince Warner Brothers to cast Lady Gaga as Allie. In his pitch, he showed an iPhone recording of them together singing a duet of Midnight Special by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh my god. How, why the hell would he have to convince them that that's a good idea? This movie's making a lot of money. Maybe because Warner Brothers wasn't quite on the, on the, on the Lady Gaga train yet. Like, like maybe they're the ones who are still behind. Mm -hmm. Like, not knowing what true potential Lady Gaga has. Says, like his character Jack, Bradley Cooper dealt with both alcohol and drug addiction. He's (gasps) spoken publicly about how sobriety changed both his life and career. Oh my goodness. 
This movie is, is, is really close to the two of them. This is very... Lady Gaga and Judy Garland were the same age when they starred in their versions of the film. Wow. What? Well, Jesus. Judy looks so much older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lady Gaga looks like she's like 27 in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> he had taken his singing for granted. Uh, Bradley Cooper admitted that he had taken his singing for granted. He went into rehearsals for this movie and learned that singing well as much was much harder than he thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Singing is tough. Oh, it says Alabama singer-songwriter Jason Isbell wrote the songs for the film. Well, sure, great job, Jason Isbell. Alabama! And it was shot in 42 days. Dang. Scenes were shot during Lady Gaga's Joanne tour. That's cool. Oh, really? So it says? That's crazy. The production was completed over a 42-day shoot, which... Which, not that long. Which the Judy Garland one was behind oh, like by I, 41 days. Yeah, that's crazy. It was behind. Wow. That's crazy. Oh. Well, I think that's enough trivia. I think that's enough. Honestly, I, I think we've talked circles around this, this <laughs> movie. Because really um, we, we should let them go. We should really let them just, go. Maybe we should wait another 50 years. Or t- how much more time do you think it's going to be till the next A Star is Born is made? Because we, well, we had some... Di- so, between 1954 and 1976, that's we'd, what... We'd need um, to wait for another, like, generation of great singers to go through. Like, Lady Gaga, I'm gonna go with, is, is like, the best singer of our generation right now. Like, she of this decade, of this of this century. Of this. I, don't, I don't know about... I don't know if you should say, like, singer, because, like, you could say the same thing about, like... Beyonce too. So like it's very well, hard true. to be like this is the best singer. There's a lot of really good singers. <sighs> I know and, and Beyonce's also very influential. As She's well. also very influential. <sighs> it's just like hard to be like like well then maybe the next one needs to be about Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a remake in 10 years with Beyonce. 10 years Beyonce. She, you know, she's a little bit too... I think at that time she's going to be too old to be like a young ingenue. Because it is about a younger a young person. star. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right. Not that Beyonce is old or looks old. I'm just no, saying, she doesn't like, look old by far. She probably couldn't pay, play like a 19 or 20 year old or like 25 year old. I think she looks a little bit older than that. And Gaga kind of looks like a 27-year-old, like you said. <laughs> yeah, she does. She just kind of perpetually looks like that. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, let us know who you would like to be in the in the 10-year... Do you think the person is a born yet that will be in the next movie? Ooh, are we waiting? Yeah. Or like... will it be Ariana Grande? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> She's going to look like she's 10 for the rest of her life. She really will. Yeah. If it, it, Yeah. Speaking of Ariana Grande, it seems that they have broken up. Who? Her and that guy from SNL? Yeah. Um, Echo. What? Oh. Hey, Echo. Tell me about Ariana Grande news. Here's your flash briefing. What? From Reuters TV. Oh, it's a video also. From Reuters TV. Here are the top stories. Oh. What did you do? Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Echo. Stop. Tell us about Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson have called it quits. <gasps> People confirms. The pair decided to end their engagement. Engagement? Wait, are they like broken up for good? Oh, Echo, stop. 
All right. Well, they broke up. They broke off their engagement. Does that mean they're broken up? They were engaged. Yeah. What? Yeah, they dated for like two months and then they got engaged. They're only two months. Yeah. Wow. I guess so. But like, it's crazy that they broke off their engagement. Does that mean they're still like a couple? They're just not getting married anymore. What did he do to his hair? He bleached it. Oh. Did you really have respect? Like, did you really like his hair the way it was before? Like, I... it's it's Pete Davidson. You know he's the same age as us. What? Yeah, he's 24 years old. What? Y- yeah, I'm not lying, man. What, wasn't his hair just like a nice dark brown it's color? It's just a brown color. Yeah. He looks like a porcupine. He kind of does, yeah. I like him, though. Yeah, I thought he was funny. I mean, for however much of SNL I actually watched of the new stuff. I just can't believe they broke up. Wow. Fame really does crazy shit to you, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we're staying on the topic of uh, of relationships crumbling because of because of the industry, sure. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. All right, if you want, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. You do okay. it. Yeah, just I'll talk to you. You, I'm you just, just sit back here. You lay there. I'm. I'll. I'll handle this. I'm gonna look up about Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You look. Go ahead. Look up about Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, I'm doing the outro. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Colonels. If if you like us calling you that, please let me know. Colonels, yeah. Yeah. If if you think it's cute, I love it. Or if you find it offensive, let me know and I'll stop. Um. But, uh, Colonels, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at ByThePopcorn, or you can find us on Instagram, our handle is at AllByThePopcornPodcast. You can also follow us on Facebook, just search AllByThePopcornPodcast, and follow follow any of those social media so you can get notifications on our newest, newest and brightest and bestest episodes coming out. Um, if you'd like to send us any suggestions for episodes that you'd like to hear us talk about movies tv shows i don't know anything new new names for you guys if colonels is stupid let me know i'd like to know um you can email us at all by the popcorn podcast at gmail.com or all by the popcorn at gmail.com um also please like uh review follow subscribe on any of our any of the podcast platforms apple Podcasts, soundcloud just uh let us know we'd like to know what you think and, um, we will. Tell us what you think about Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande breaking up. Yes, we'd love to <laughs> hear what hear you guys it. think about their relationship. Um, I really could care less, but, I don't care. but go ahead. I just want to hear it. Let us know, because uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we will, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.